Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Red Couch Theology Podcast. I'm sorry if my audio is a little bit less quality right now on the introduction. I'm not at my fancy microphone, but that's okay. This week, we are actually going to be covering mostly just questions from you for the last two weeks of sermons because Alex was sick last week, and so we had to catch up on some of that stuff. But we hope you have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll tune in next week for our normal scheduled live stream episode. Without any further ado, let's dive into your questions and our attempts at answering. We're live, but oh, oh. Alex is changing. Wow. I mean, yeah. testing one, it's two. Fine here. Is it? I don't know. I, well, I, you're wearing like a fur coat. I'm, I was sick last week, and my temperature, like awareness, is just all off. Yeah, like I'll, I'll be, I'll get in the car and be like, I'm freezing, I'm shivering, and then I'll, I'll, I'll get back in the same car and I'm, I'm like, I'm burning up. I got to open the windows. Like, I don't. So yeah. what you're telling me is you're still running a fever and I'm sitting no, like I'm two feet from you. You can, you, can, you can even check if you want. I'm completely. Clear I don't know if you. I want to touch you. I'm just joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never get sick anyway. Oh uh, yeah, maybe a um, little bit. Whoa. Do one of the questions disappear? I thought we had four questions. Well, Someone hello everyone. Moved a question. We are Can we are aware that? that you're on that you're here. Yeah, somewhat. <laughs> somewhat, somewhat without random. You know bickering. what's worse is we're pre-recording this. Yeah, and we're still as sloppy, just as sloppy. <laughs> we have all the opportunity in the world to like do multiple takes. Yeah, all this stuff. We're keeping it on brand. Yes, indeed. Um, let's change the name. I don't know. Uh, sloppy yeah. the sloppy podcast <laughs> what would what would the name what do you suggest well we are we are trying to do this very hard thing today to give ourselves an excuse of of one recording on fairly short notice when we usually have a rhythm because thanksgiving is on thursday so we yeah usually, you know, we, we, we love you but not enough to come in on thanksgiving yeah the We're, lions are actually playing right in the middle of that time as well so that would not not fly yeah um, yeah big deal and you're running you're racing Yes. Racing uh, is a strong word, I guess. Yeah, it's a very strong word. You're trotting. Word. I'm going to scamper. Scamper. <laughs> I'm going to skip through a 5 No, the word scamper actually implies way more movement than I probably yeah, will be yeah, doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scamper is what a mouse does. Scamper's very light on your feet type feel, which at 240 pounds, I don't know if that My, is you. Oh, I'm so, I feel so flattered that you would think I'm 240 pounds. <laughs> um, I'll be running with my daughter, who is a cross-country runner, and <laughs> she will brutal. probably destroy me um so so hold on when you say with your daughter you just mean in the same race as your daughter she'll yes. be a long way ahead no i might actually be able to keep up with her because like before cross-country season i was faster than her okay uh at the end of cross-country season she was faster than me okay but she got injured and, oh, and hasn't been running okay. for three weeks yeah. and so this is really like her debut back to like a full race okay and so i'm hoping that between the two mm -hmm. we are similar and she's not interested in like being super competitive anyway, where, do, where so does this we'll race take place it's in highlands ranch it starts in like the like uh it's like the football field over by know. red cliff park red yeah, something I I know what you park. Mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah so if you are if you are wanting to go watch aaron you should go cheer him on yeah well, i cheer on the lions if you would like to watch yeah a walrus no <laughs> running a 5k um yeah all right well we have tons of questions and my point was sorry yes because we're not recording on thanksgiving and because i was sick last week 
We're going to try and cover both weeks of sermons, these really in-depth teachings of Jesus. Possibly he's like, now when I say Jesus' most groundbreaking teachings, I mean in the context of like his death and resurrection and what it means are the most groundbreaking element of who Jesus is. And yet these teachings are, like especially the love your neighbor part that we'll get to, or love your enemy part, pretty unique in the history of religion. Yeah. Like like now, if you Google love your enemies, you get like loads and loads of quotes and loads of versions of it. But if you try and find anything before Jesus, there's nothing there. It's like a it's a it's an empty void of everyone. Like, no, no, no. Literally, enemy means the one who's hated or the one who hates. It's on the label. Like you can't yeah. you can't love an enemy that that changes the nature of the relationship so so they are very groundbreaking they are very in-depth very culturally specific in some ways but also with lots of application and some questions so we're gonna try and do all that yeah while not going over an hour yeah which we sometimes do anyway so you kind of gave just a summary of which passage we were talking Mm -hmm. about but i kind of feel like we should just dive into the questions because i think we have six of them okay and it, we take an average of about 30 minutes per question. So Do we really? Um, that means this will be a three-hour Okay, hour let me no. give this really quick summary then as well. <laughs> G- Jesus, in his Sermon on the Mount, uh, has given a few different commands around uh, Old Testament commands or some kind of modern popular equivalent of them. And then he gets to the last two, which are maybe the most challenging. They begin, I think, in verse 38 of chapter 5. Um, is that right, verse 38? You've heard yes, it said. Look at that. You've heard it said, eye for an eye, tooth for tooth. It's the revenge element. Like, who, how can you take revenge? I tell you not to resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek. If anyone wants to take your, sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone asks you to go one mile or forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. Give to the one who asks and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. All things that could have happened to an everyday first century Israelite, especially when these Romans are in town, a Roman soldier could force an Israelite to go a mile with them as a porter. You could you could be a really important Israelite yeah, and be turned into a porter instantly by a Roman who on a whim said, carry this for me. Um, loads of different cultural elements there Uh, and then uh, on the next passage he he said and this is even more groundbreaking i think you've heard it said love your neighbor very popular leviticus 19 uh verse uh, and hate your enemy never a specific scripture but a popularized idea and a general ancient near eastern later idea of yeah of course you hate your enemy enemy literally means the one who's hated Uh, But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your father in heaven. Uh, Love, enemy love is an oxymoron. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, And and yet this is what Jesus says. And then beautifully gifts us, pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. So he goes from this big spatial idea to like this tiny step. Like if you want to do something... If you feel like you can't invite them out to dinner, if you feel like you can't uh, ask them out for drinks, if you feel like you can't do a friendly thing, pray for them. That's the first step. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've always, I guess I've seen that in this passage, and I'm like, oh, that's a helpful tip. But I think that you slowed way down on that subject yeah, and, like, sank into the... And I, I agree. Like, I feel like after listening to your message, I think that that's as I look back in my life, there have been moments where I've done that. Yeah. And it's so hard to remain as angry with someone. Totally. 
when you start yeah. to pray for them. Um, as I was praying, as I was walking, I always go for a walk on did Sunday Did you pray morning. for me this week? Not for you. <laughs> Not for you. Uh, I haven't got that. Why, no, why don't you pray for me? Come on, man. <laughs> I did pray for you this week. But you see what I just did there? Like, you're, it's a lose-lose uh, situation. Yeah, totally, yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> but there were people that I actually came to mind and, and I felt like God was saying, yeah, live this out. Pray for this person. And my attitude towards them changed a little bit. Now, now sometimes it flexes back. And, and sometimes it's a learned habit that over time. And sometimes it's not a feeling thing. But I do think on this one, the, the, the thing I tried to note is the get out clause somewhat is, well, love doesn't mean affection. It just yeah. means it's like, a, it's almost like we can reduce God's love down to an abstract thing. It's not a human love. It's the love of God. But no, no, no. The, the love of God is all of those things and more. Well, that's the only part of your message I didn't like. Um, <laughs> partially because I'm going to make a similar point in this coming week. Ah, <laughs> no, sorry. It's okay. It you just stole so my thunder. It so much better when you do it. No, I'll just say it. I do hate that in sermons where someone's preaching the week before like, and it gets too close to something you want to say. Yeah, so I appreciate you're like, it. oh man. Yeah. Turns out the scriptures are consistent. Yeah. <laughs> yikes. So we're going to do. Um. So, so I, I think there's this temptation to say, yeah, I don't have to feel anything for them. I can still hold like the malice, but I'll, I'll, I'll kind of love in this cold kind of manner. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don't keep talking about it. Sorry. You're giving away all the thunder. It's going to be so thunder. For those of you listening to this episode, you don't have to show up on Sunday because that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, I'm just going to say that over and over again. <laughs> Your love is cold. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. All right. So that's the context. That's of the context. Where these questions came out of. And there might be a few lingering questions from the week prior. I can't recall. I, there definitely will. Um, but let's just dive in. I haven't even read these recently. And I feel like I'm missing one question. So I will do some hunting. While, while you're uh, so brilliantly answering some of these questions, I will do some hunting. I feel like one question was very kindly like, is this kind of sermons hard to write? Or was that the week before? I think that that, I don't think we dealt with that one yet. No, I don't think we yeah, did. So, it's like a, such a genuine, gentle question. It made me just so happy. Yeah. So in the sermon today, 1112. That's last week. That's, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In Matthew 5, there are two different uh, scenarios presented there. The first one we discussed, give to those. Here, I'm going to get a little closer. I'm, I might need to get my eyes checked. That's a, that's a thing that happens at 40, uh, although to people that aren't. My knee aches. Mine are fine. You injured yourself sleeping I this absolutely week? did. I'm going to the chiropractor because I injured myself sleeping. Yeah. I've done that before. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The first one uh, we discussed giving to those who ask of you financially. The second one to do with someone who wants to borrow from you. Why would Jesus call those out separately? Mm -hmm. What's the difference or uh, connotation in the Greek that might differentiate them? If someone wants to borrow from you and, uh, and secretly had no intention of paying you back, wouldn't that fully uh, under the first fall under this first scenario as well? So, mm. yeah. So, what's the difference between these two phrases? I'll get it on the screen here. So, the borrow and the give. Mm. Borrow, give to the one who asks. 
Yeah, so so it's and and this is one of those like with this passage, there's so much in this. You kind of get to the end, and and I just took these two as it's not uncommon in in Hebrew style literature to say the same thing twice in slightly different ways to emphasize the point. But I think the the person that asked this question super perceptive in that there are nuances to the two. There are rules in the Old Testament as to like how you borrow and what can be asked as like surety on a loan, um, like, like all those different uh, nuances. Um, and there are rules about alms giving. It's like the only giving that is given to men and not to God. Hmm. So like there's some interesting aspects there. Um, like as to, uh, and so then there's principles as to how you do that or what you might give that out of and who can, who should do that. And, and all of those different elements. I think when we think about the love of neighbor piece that that kind of bleeds into the next passage, that all comes under those terms of how you care for people in your society. You, you weren't supposed to lend to people in your community in a way that was punitive, uh, in a way that was oh, going to yeah. be damaging to them. Kind of like the cloak element, like it, when Jesus says about giving away your coat, you couldn't take a coat a surety on a loan um, because it was a matter of survival. It was like a matter of personal health. Yeah. If you were poor, you needed it to sleep in. It was the only way you could stay warm. Uh, so there's, there's like really caring principles in scripture for how you deal with those kind of things. So, so they are slightly different. Why Jesus, like, why Jesus emphasizes is, is both of them, man, I think that, that lands us a bit in the realm of speculation. Um, it, it it covers the full full spectrum of like how how you might give, be generous to someone else in a financial sense, hmm. but I, I actually don't have a specific answer as to why he does. They are different. Uh, yeah, I mean, and I guess we we do tend to have we have this tendency to want to systematize texts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is fine. And there's moments where that's appropriate, but it is a, it's not always what the text requires. Yeah, absolutely. So, like so that it, okay, I need to make sure I cover this unique thing in, and, and this unique thing where he might be just saying like this concept, uh, which to, is, to me that they are slightly different things. But the the reason and the answer are probably the same. Yeah. Because on one hand, you might be asked by someone, can I borrow this off you? And, and you're worried about the safety of your investment or the money you've lent, and will it be returned? And you might be asked just to give something. And, on, and in either case, and natural, or my natural tendency, I am not a generous person with money. I've always, I've known this for years. I, I have to work really hard. Um, like giving time to me is really easy. Giving energy to me is really easy. Giving financially, like my parents hardly had any money growing up. Uh, I, and, and even like asking my siblings, the difference between how much, how many resources my parents had when they were little versus me. They were like, we don't remember these times. I'm like, Oh, I remember eating liver, uh, for dinner. I remember like, you know, just yeah. everything been scarce. So I feel like that's bled into my life. Yeah. Um, so so I think that the message is 
no, choose to be generous. Choose to do the opposite of what your instinct might say. Um, choose to live a, a, a life that is, is more like the life Jesus seems to live than the one you're tempted to live. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, hopefully that's a satisfactory answer yeah. that we aren't uh, super detailedly con- are, um, sure what the differences are. They're slightly, I think they, they look like semi-related words in the Greek. Um, so without doing like a, a complete deep dive, which I'm not ready, and I don't think Alex is ready to pull up the Greek and like well, do a super think, deep dive think, construction. I think the, the, the interesting part here is this is one of those places where the Greek language doesn't matter as much because he's specifically referring to Jewish concepts. So he's, the, the specific laws within the Torah for, for lending and for, for almsgiving that are different. So, so the Greek word, whatever Greek word they use, he's still definitely referring to those concepts. Yeah, um, okay. So, so the Greek, like, the, there's probably a nuance to it, but, but it's not super important. Whoever's translated this has decided, no, these are the things he's talking about. Yeah, okay. He's talking about the borough culture, which tended to come with some security, but there was a whole, like, interest is a really interesting thing. Like, in, interest is a really interesting thing. Pun I, I see what intended. you did there. But, but almost every culture in history has said lending for interest is a bad thing. Like, like, and almost every culture that's relied on interest as a way of building up society uh, has, has ended up falling under its own weight. Like, generally, money was lent without interest. Like, you lent, and that, that mm. like, there's a, there's a whole Jewish law about, do not, when you lend to an Israelite, do not lend for interest. Give, lend and get back what you lent. Uh, but none of this, like, you know, 6%, none of this 7.5%, none of this credit card 25%, like that, that's just not healthy. Um, yeah. So there's a whole fascinating thing in play there. Totally um, different economic structure, yeah. Absolutely, and so, so 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 what that meant is the, there was no financial motive to give, only a community-based motive to give. So, so to lend, you, you only lent because they were part of your are you going, community. Are you going for the jugular of capitalism here? Uh, no, I, I don't. I, I mean, capitalism's always going to have its flaws, but, but so is every other system going to have its flaws. I mean, yeah. that, that like, you know, I'd love to be living in the kingdom of heaven, but I, uh, yeah, capitalism's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, like, like if you look at like, if you look at the, some of the things we do, if those are capitalism, they're definitely not healthy. Credit card debt. 25% interest that overdraft fees. Like yeah. the, there's a whole cu- culture to banking. That's just toxic. Um, the, the, like banking is our number one institution. Um, yeah. it's a bit of a mess really, but yeah. it would be super hard for us to unpack today. And, 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 and so I think if Jesus were to speak to you personally, he would say, say to you, when you lend, don't be like a bank. Um, yeah like, like, like don't operate on those terms that's not a healthy relational thing so so you can leave yeah, that maybe, sounds about right yeah you can leave banking to the side maybe but in yeah. your individual relationships if you choose to lend someone uh and then then the bizarre thing is when you look at small lenders when you look at people that lend in a geographical area that's not a community 
it's even worse. Like mm. then you can land in these like 200% interest rates, like, you know, VIGs that go up and up and up and, and, uh, and that loan shark business is even worse. Wow. Um, so, so there's a whole like toxicity to that, that, yeah. that, that says to people that can't get into the banks or into the banking system, oh, we'll lend you money. But, but, but you'll never get out from under this. Um, yeah. And, and so that's to- that, that would have been toxic to an Israelite. Um, an Israelite, if anything, would be more tempted to say, no, I won't lend to you because I don't trust you. And Jesus yeah. seems to say, no, lend generously. Don't, don't, don't make money your God is probably the implication there. Yeah, there's like an act of surrender to this kind of lending where you just sort of trust God with the outcomes rather than always the the logical are they is this person vetted are they trustworthy all these sorts of things it's like yeah it's not your stuff anyway trust it to me yeah even if they're not trustworthy there's a little bit of risk yeah my dad was always brilliant at lending people money like i always he always amazed me with this like small small amounts like maybe maybe anything from like 20 20 pounds to 2000 something like that like not groundbreaking amounts of money but one of the, I remember him saying to me once, uh, almost to his, like, almost to a T, non-Christians were better at repaying it than Christians, um, which is fascinating. Um, yeah. And then the give part probably has a bunch of implications for us today with every time we drive down a street and we see a guy on the side of the road. Like, what does that mean? Um, yeah, because it's so easy to let your mind go down there. Well, they're just going to use it for this. They're just going to use it for this. They're just going to use it for this. And that might be true. Yeah. Um, but, but, but I think the test point becomes for all of the four things in this passage, there's a natural instinct to respond in a specific way. That's really easy to spiritualize. Um, and, 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 and I think Jesus would ask us to ask ourselves, why are you responding this way? Is this about you or is this about my kingdom? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Well, uh, that let's just jump to the next question yeah. since we got to keep cruising. We got we to keep moving. Look, we've already gone almost a half an hour. Is it really? I, I, I have you? no perce- perception of time because we didn't start at the right time. I know. I'm yeah. Like, I'm so confused. Oaths was a powerful podcast. I really helped me understand uh, the sermon. Thanks. Today in devotions, I got this. Uh, When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater than himself to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves and then oaths confirm uh, what is said and put uh, put an end to all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose is very clear to the heirs of what he was promising or what he promised. He confirmed with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things um, in which it is possible, impossible for God to lie. We who are, we who have fled to, to take hold of the hope set before us, may be great and greatly encouraged. So that's the Hebrews Mm -hmm. 6, 13 through 18 text. This passage says God is using an oath to show how important these ideas are, which is what I thought the purpose of oaths were. 
I'm a, I'm still a little stuck. Could you guys mm-hmm. help me? Hmm. So, so I think, I think the, the interesting nature of the way that God uses, we're told God uses an oath here or used it with Abraham is that, that to swear on yourself is simply to say, my yes is my yes and my no is my no. Um, it's based on your character, your faithfulness. It's actually very similar to what Jesus asked us to do. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the language of, is your honesty, your truthfulness enough to be able to carry your yes or your no? Um, or do you regularly break those things? And and then we get the 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 tendency to to try and convince people. Now this time we're serious. Like yeah. it's like when you've said yes multiple times and you've never followed through, and, and you have to start saying something like, "Oh no no no, really this time." Like yeah yeah no I, yeah. I like I, I swear you know under the flag, um, or whatever. Um, so so I actually don't think there's a contradiction here between what Jesus says and what the Old Testament scripture says, and then what the writer of Hebrews interprets that as meaning. Mm. Um, I, I do think sometimes there are ways that Jesus asks us to look back at scriptures with New Testament lenses, with Jesus-centric lenses. And I think I, I talked about that a yeah, little bit this yeah. week, mm-hmm. with when, you, when you, you read God hates such and such a person. S- sometimes hate in Hebrew it's a very broad idea and it can mean anything from has a genuine angst against all the way through to doesn't love as much as another person. Yeah. Um, so I think that would be the inference of, of Jacob. I have loved Esau. I have hated. Uh, I'd be completely comfortable reading, reading that Jacob. I have loved. I've loved him surprisingly more than Esau, who was the firstborn son. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's a, that's a really fair hermeneutic for reading those Old Testament passages. But there are other things that, that Jesus looks, asks us to look back on and, and say, no, 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 you've, you've believed this before. Eye for an eye is a great example. Mm-hmm. Stop the eye for an eye. Like, and th- those are explicit divine commands. That, that's yeah. the hard part with those. Like that, th- there isn't actually a good way to reinterpret eye for an eye in, in the Old Testament language. It means what it says. Take yeah. a life for a life, take an eye for an eye, take this for this, bruise for bruise, all those different things. Yeah. And so, and this is the amazing thing about scripture. Jesus is willing to, 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 to claim authority to change the divine commands. Yeah. There's some that we misread and believe he's changing them and he's actually just getting back to the, the heart of them. But with eye for an eye, I honestly believe that that's what was said before and Jesus says no. And, yeah. and, and maybe it was better than what was. Maybe it was better than just a free-for-all. But he does say, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm changing that for my people. Yeah, which I wonder if... Um, I feel like this episode's hard for me to go because I feel like we have so much content mm-hmm. to cover. Like, yeah, I want to yeah, dig yeah, into yeah, some, yeah, each yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I think you just got to trust the instinct. Yes. All right, so I think that this gets into some of the conversation about pacifism and the role of governments versus individuals, which I think is one of our questions that'll come up later. So hopefully we Mm -hmm. can cross-pollinate these two questions. But um, could it be that the command eye for eye, tooth for tooth, is a um, 
governmental law. And then Jesus is saying, yeah, but you can actually, as individual followers of the kingdom of God, you can actually live at a higher level than than the government's bare minimum. Like, the government has to enforce, like, here's the standard. We're only going to go this far. Like, if, if I'm... If I'm distributing justice from a from a government perspective, mm. I'm going to do eye for eye, tooth for tooth. But if you're an individual follower of Jesus trying to live into everything that the kingdom of God has, you just say, you know what? Fine. Just uh, I'm going to turn the other cheek mm. because I have a higher standard. The, than this just the so this this around these two pa- passages, this always becomes like the headbutting point for followers of jesus for the first three centuries really the answer was you can't split civic and like governmental you can't split personal and governmental Um, yeah i know you you yeah you you they're the same and and, and so the question becomes to me like fascinatingly and i'm not saying this is an easy way of working out jesus takes a system that, that didn't really the 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 theocratic nature of the the torah it really is all encompassing there isn't other aspects to life there isn't mm-hmm. the torah and then the governmental life there isn't torah and then social life there, there is isn't not torah separation and then, of church and state there's nothing it's all it's all involved yeah and so, so, church is the same thing as the government office yeah 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 yep, so 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 that doesn't mean that as an everyday Israelite, you got to say, oh, yeah, I lost my arm, and you just get to hack the other guy's arm off. There's judges, there's a system. So the question becomes, is Jesus saying the kingdom of heaven is now all about just personal interaction? Mm-hmm. Or does he still believe it's a similar system, just different? Is he just creating a new thing? Um, if you believe that he's now just saying, yeah, that, all that kind of stuff about divine rule, all that kind of stuff about, like, you know, that kind of thing like that umbrella it doesn't matter just worry about your personal interactions then then it's a bit easier to start to say oh yeah yeah he's talking about between you as individuals don't really worry about the government thing um same mm-hmm. with love your enemies it's really easy to just say yeah governments can't do that of course like that's just nonsense just worry about the individual thing yeah the problem is at no point does jesus say that the, the only inference you might get is the that he that the Greek is very much uh, second person singular, so it is very much you, as opposed to your, yeah. Um, and that might be the only thing that leads me to say, okay, worry about your personal interaction. I would have a struggle then saying, so Jesus doesn't think a system of government should be merciful. That that would be a stretch to me to, to believe he's saying, yeah, I want you to do this in your personal lives, but I'm not really interested in how governments operate. Yeah. I, th- I think, and I, I would really struggle with the idea of, oh, and you get an escape clause from this when, you, uh, when you're acting as an agent of government. Like, like that theoretically means that supposing you're like, let's put you back in like an area, an, an area of time that makes it more comfortable. Say you're living in, I don't know, Europe in the 1400s, 1500s. You're going through something like the Reformation and you're in some kind of like governmental role and you've been told to, to be merciful, like turn the other cheek. 
but you've got this kind of like anger edge to you. So like in your personal life, you work really hard, but then you go and take a government job torturing people that have a different religion. Um, and, and then you, so, so you get to go to work essentially, and you get to do your job torturing the, the, the life out of these people that just happen to have a different faith. And you get to go doing that, believing that you're living exactly how Jesus wants you to live. Yeah. Uh, that, that to me, like, to, and, and I know that I'm making it an extreme, but, but that's, I mean, that's what hyperbole does, right? It all yeah, and forces then, us to. Well, yeah. And then it's also sort of a fallacy of like, um, of parts versus the whole. So. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. So like uh, another example, maybe this example will not make a ton of sense to everyone, but um, in physics, you have you have particle physics and then you mm -hmm. have um, classical physics. Particle physics is the mathematical equation that that physicists um, understand the molecular level of mm -hmm. particles and then classical physics like. Um, is elegant mathematical equations that deals with like large objects and movements with each mm -hmm. other and like gravity and, and gravitational field and all these sorts of things. And the big problem that they're running into is the math doesn't match. Mm. So they're looking for what's called a unified theory mm. where they both combine because turns out all big objects are made of small objects. Ah, yeah, of course. Particle yeah. objects. And the math is contradictory between ah. the two spaces and they can't figure out why. Ah. But it's the same thing would be true here. If we're going to follow the way of Jesus as individuals. Yes. Yeah. And those individuals make up the government systems. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well then uh, it's to say that these are going to contradict and, completely. And, yeah. yeah. Unless you just give the buyout of you don't have to follow it there. And, and the yeah. interesting thing with, with all of these different things that Jesus asks here, there's been a theology that has said you can split your, governmental work your responsibility there from your personal life we are whole people so what you do in one realm never really doesn't affect you in the other realm yeah and even to take something like the wrestling with that people have done with this around pacifism we've talked about military service as sacrifice of giving your life and the cost of that and there's a lot of truth in that. What we often miss is that actually there's, there's not just the cost of giving your own life. There is the cost to you of taking another life. So none yeah. of my family members that served, they, they couldn't talk about it. You know, when I, when I was working as a youth pastor, I had a student that went into the Marines and I remember he called me late at night. I was just going to bed and I just decided to pick up the call. Cause I, I was like, this is, this is a weird time for him to call. And uh, you could tell really quickly he'd been drinking and he'd been working. Uh, he'd been in the Marines as a sniper. And after like we, we rambled for 10 minutes and then he just said like with this break in his voice, he said, uh, Alex, can you give me a passage of scripture where it says God can forgive you for taking a human life? Mm. Like the, the cost to him was not just the potential laying down of his life. It was the cost of having to take another life. Yeah, that was that was that was tearing him apart. It's a completely unnatural thing. Yeah. yeah, and so so we miss that sometimes. We we look at people and say, "Oh well, thank you for your service in terms of potentially giving up your life." We very rarely look at them and say, "Oh man, the horror of taking another life it is is something that it's it, it, it is soul destroying." Yeah. Um, 
human beings are not made for that. Yeah, uh, death death isn't natural, period. Yeah. And then you add the layer of yeah. death at the hand of another human. Yeah. It's like just, it's not, it's yeah. like, it's a uh, monstrosity of reality that so, shouldn't exist. So, so I, 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 I have total respect for Christians that have landed on the side of reading these passages in Matthew and saying that you can be in the, in military service, uh, total respect for people that have um, come to the other point of view. Uh, I think it's really interesting to see how that shifted for people. One of the, the commentators I read a lot of for this series was Dale Bruner. And he, I actually have his second edition of the Christ book, which is his commentary on Matthew. Uh, and he actually notes at one point in the first edition I talked about this in the second edition. I'm going to talk about this because I've moved towards the pacifist view thanks to these different authors. So he's actually been challenged in his own mm. personal view and, and yeah. shifted in that way. So, so I think I have, I have total respect for that. What I do not understand is Christians who celebrate death of anybody. Like to me, that's just like rooting against the home team. Yeah, like like the God who is against death, like who the God who died to defeat death, like that's what we sing at Easter. Like I mean, we say it here partly because I love it, but you know, lots of mm -hmm. traditions say it. Like Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death, and on those in the tombs. But see, uh, that's the difference. Life. He he kills death, yeah. by taking it on himself. Yes. Like yeah. It's a totally different yeah, mechanism totally. of of warfare. Yeah. So and and Jesus and the New Testament is so unbelievably consistent that the weapon that the Christian wields is self-sacrifice. Yeah. That's our main weapon. And yeah. okay, yes, I agree with you. There, there's some complexities. Mm -hmm. There's some nuance when it comes to military service, all these sorts of things. But the ultimate the 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 greatest blow ever mm -hmm. given to evil mm -hmm. in the world was a self-sacrificing god mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who took death on yeah. himself yeah it was not him rising up to power it was yeah. not the strike of a of a sword it was no weapon the weapon he chose mm -hmm. was to be killed yeah like end of story end of case so yeah. like yes all yeah. the nuance and the subtlety uh, aside that is the ultimate expression of what it means to to be follower of jesus is to try as best as possible to live into that now the complexity of that um is is super nuanced and i think that we have to as followers of jesus realize that um there might be you know children involved and the needy and the poor and the, yeah. and the widow and and all these things where you're like how do i protect absolutely yeah all of these things yeah. and so there's confusion totally. and complexity yeah. and i think god yeah. knows this yeah and the scriptures so if you're looking for a black and white is it right or is it yeah. wrong oh man i more and more as i studied scripture it's super difficult there's fewer and fewer things on the list of absolutely right absolutely mm -hmm. wrong because it has to do with as best as we can in a broken world living into yeah. the way of jesus and, and that and that that like so so is one of the fascinating things with the, with the way that that tolkien structured lord of the rings is he actually structured it around uh his experience of world war one 
um, like just what it was to go into war, what it was to experience trench warfare, mm. to experience an enemy, uh, and how different it was to what he expected. And so he writes a bunch of that into different characters, and he watch okay. he, he 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 creates characters that that enter into something like warfare out of joy for it in and of itself, uh, and and then he writes in characters that that enter into warfare to protect that which they love. Um, and, and, and he really observes the difference between the two, that there's, that there's a, a different attitude between saying, I love killing versus it's a necessity to protect this thing. You, you reference children, people that are, yeah. you know, endangered, people that are vulnerable, uh, and that, that that is this last resort in order to protect those that can't protect themselves. That's very different than an attitude that says, like, I, I, I just love violence. I just, I just love it. You know, and, 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 the, or I love power yeah. and this violence is a necessity to get there. Or yeah. I love, I, I need to be in control so that I can put up the right laws and regulations that even if you call them righteous laws and regulations, yeah. it's still a us trying to control the world around us <coughs> rather than surrendering. So, so it, somewhere there's, anyway. there's the, like, the, the always has to be pity for the other and longing for them to come to Jesus themselves. And to see them as these broken images of God that he longs to restore. Absolutely. Mm. Well, hopefully we are already touching on some of the other questions yeah, because otherwise we're running out of time. All right. So here's the question you were talking yeah, about yeah. before. Um, yeah, yeah. These sermons and podcasts have been extremely draining and challenging. Well, thanks, Alex. Yeah, thank thanks. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, spiritually, physically, and emotionally, we, I, really need extra prayers. Is is that text on a pastoral staff doing something uh, like this challenging or mm. is that taxing on a pastoral staff? And is this challenging? Do you need extra prayers also? Mm. Uh, wouldn't it be easier to preach on something lighter? <laughs> Thanks for this, cha this challenging series. So it's like, this is really, really hard and heavy. And then it pivots to yeah. thank you for this challenging series. Uh, I'm serious about needing extra prayers. Mm. My group has been praying for me and uh, the challenges from the series. Thank you for uh, centering prayer, too. Yeah, I, I think I think I think I said when I started this, I, I'd actually in preparation for doing a series on the Sermon on the Mount, had read it every day for a period of time, and and it really messed with me just reading it, let alone like really studying it, just reading it every day. I would start going places like pondering everything and like just you know trying to figure out every attitude every day. it was it was heavy work um and that's why i've tried to to include the element of this is a transformation issue all of this is transformation issue yeah. it's the idea that, that 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 god loved you first died for you redeems you transforms you into his moves you from his kingdom from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of of light to not go from that basis is soul-destroying. And there's times where, as Christians, I think we can forget that basis and start to really perfect ourselves. We become this, this like, almost like, we're sculptors working on our own statue. We're, mm. trying, to, we're trying to chip away every little piece. And, and actually, that's the beauty of centering prayer. It is this process saying, God, what, what are you working on? Like, yeah. open-handed, like, please, please work on me. So it is, it is all detailed work. It is, it can be exhausting. Like I did a lot of it, obviously in this series, just so, somewhat by circumstance. Yeah. Um, 
and you get to the end and you're like okay yeah that, that was really healthy really fun also i'm ready for a break um and so sometimes it is easy to do the lightweight stuff uh but also this is the stuff jesus chose to focus on like this is that's what's fascinating to me this is like when 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 putting together this this thing he said this is what i'm going to focus on yeah i mean yeah it is it is taxing in the sense that um the teach the teachings of jesus are categorically contra they're contradictory to the broken world around us hmm. and if we're left to our own devices we we drift into the natural order mm. of a broken shattered world and so when it feels like we're swimming upstream mm -hmm. there's this river flowing all one direction mm -hmm. towards brokenness and sin and evil and destruction and the shattering of god's good order and then the sermon on the mount feels like we're fish like fighting yeah. to swim against this massive onslaught of everything and so yeah it's heavy lifting and it does feel like that mm. um yeah so and fortunately i've only had to preach one of them yeah yeah and and, and, the, the, and, and i think one so one of the taxing and i think this is a preacher thing and you 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 may i feel like i i i I felt this less when I was a, an associate pastor. So I'd be intrigued to see how you feel, feel about this now. But the Sermon on the Mount tends to polarize people quite a lot. And there's things, depending on your point of view, hit you harder. Like, yeah. like the, 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 the last two weeks with Jesus, like certainly his personal bent towards pacifism is not, if not his governmental bent towards it potentially as well to a certain group of people that land more on the, the right side of politics, perhaps like that, that actually becomes a little bit of a, and a healthy, in a healthy way, a challenging thing, but potentially um, a point of anger or a point of frustration with me. Um, there's other things that if you find yourself on the other side, like if, if conversations around lust nudge towards conversations, uh, conversations around the LGBTQ community, conversations around divorce, push into the sanctity of marriage, conversations around that it tends to to push at people that find themselves heavily attached to different points of the spectrum yeah so it's it's actually really easy to end up preaching with somebody on your shoulder like like well, you, what about this yeah yeah. Or, or, yeah oh you think i'm evil because i yeah, have this persuasion yeah, or that yeah, persuasion yeah, yeah so 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 usually what I'll try and do is, is, is try and say something that makes it clear that if you're taking this to mean this, that's not what it is. And that might be actually something about you that you need to wrestle with. Not, not what I'm saying. Um, so, so if someone heard something like for these last two weeks, for example, that was, that was like anti-military complex, actually there wasn't from my perspective. Um, I actually like very much focused on not making that a main plank of the sermon because I wanted people to respond personally and decide how they entered into stuff. If someone heard that, yeah, it's, it's there's probably something going on in them that that Jesus might be calling them to recognize to reconcile. But but I love relationships and always want to stay in healthy relationship with everybody, and so yeah. it can be easy to 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 kind of back away from those things. So so to kind of avoid that. I actually started asking a question a while back that 
when when I remember to ask it has been really health, health, healthy, which is, is there anything that I felt like I should have said this week that I didn't say because I was afraid to say it? Um, yeah. Be- because the only person that you can actually preach with on your shoulder is Jesus. Um, yeah. You, the, the shocking thing about the gospel message and the teachings of Jesus is it's the most beautiful, glo- like kind, invitational, non-condemning message in the world. And it will wreck you yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah. Because like yeah. I said, it is this, it, it, it's un, unbending in the standard because uh, it's unbending in grace. Yeah. Like yeah. God's God loves us enough to not let us flounder mm-hmm. in our stupidity yeah. of, as broken humans. And so he says really ridiculously hard things to achieve and then follows it up with, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I will die for you, even yeah. though you're a, a massive mess. Yeah. All of these things. And they're both true. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah, it was. It's been a heavy season, I know, for Alex uh, because he has to stand on a stage and deliver some heavy words that feel heavy, but are actually invitations to life. And yeah. so, yeah, and then that's you also kind of the nature don't want to be boring, and you don't want uh, yeah, there's all be that super too. heavy every week, and you realize people have a capacity for all those different things. Um, and so, it's been really fun. It's had some challenges when I... This is just season one. This is just season one. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feel like this is the, the hardest part of it. Like, this is, like, the, to me, like, the real, like, the uphill slog. Like, the... And that might just be a feeling that I have right now. Yeah. Just wait till you get to the next text. Having, like, do, ah. having done 14... Oh, well, of the Sermon on the Mount, 10 weeks out of 11. When I got sick last week, I did have this moment where I was like, yeah, that's about right. Uh, you know, that, that <laughs> like, I'm like that. I saw that coming. Yeah. Um, so, I, but also for this person, man, just, yeah, definitely I'll be praying for them, for them to process healthily. Cause I think there is a way of processing unhealthily. Yeah. And we don't have time to talk about it. So that. maybe the pastoral note uh, for you as well is lean into some of that tension i love that you have a community that's praying through that with you yeah i think my one line tension is a sign that there's Mm. that god's up to something which is actually really exciting if god is up to something it's good it's really good yeah and i I think i I would say i I do believe there is a space where we are harder on ourselves than god is on us oh yeah um and so just be aware of that he seems uh, sort of annoyingly comfortable working with us mm-hmm. broken yeah, humans. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, here's another one. I need a for instance. Uh, you're riding. Uh, here's an imaginary scenario. You're ri- riding with another person from uh, church to the Cherry Cricket for lunch. <laughs> It's very specific. You're turning left on the little boulevard and oh, you all, and you're the only one in the left turn lane, and you have a dollar and a five easily accessible. There's another in the truck. The lady with her God bless you is there. God bless you sign is there. What is going through your mind? P.S. This is Tuesday after the sermon. What if it's the the billfold in your pocket? How about when you leave the church, do you think about her? Yeah, that's so that's a great that brings it down to the the specifics, which 
for this specific part, I tried to avoid because they are specifically difficult. Um, <laughs> I, so, so the question becomes, and this is where it becomes super challenging. Yes, you've got a dollar and a five. But what if she asks for the truck? L- like, yeah, hypotheticals are hard. Yeah. You know, you know, you've got in your mind, these are the things that I have that are up for grabs potentially, but she has a different set of things that are up for grabs and says, no, no, just give me the keys. Like you come, you come take my place. Oh, I'll take your coat as well while you're at it. Is that what Jesus is saying here? Like, like interestingly, when Jesus references give, he never says what should be given. Um, is there an argument that actually what should be given is attention? Yes. Is there an argument that what should be given is prayers? Yes. Is there an argument that what should be given is financial? Yes. Although like there is to be aware of the, the, the fact that James says, if you see a brother or sister who's hungry and say, let me pray for you, like you're not doing your job, like care for those in your community. But, but I think, this does land difficultly in today's society when we know the the toxic nature of of like narcotics, easy access mm-hmm. drugs that are fueling homelessness, that are leading to overdoses, to deaths with things like fentanyl and stuff. Like it, it, it makes me want to say, you know what? Every time you feel that way, perhaps your avenue is to say, I'm going to put that dollar aside. Uh, and it's going to go to this charity that's going to help with that. I'm going to put that $5 aside, or I'm going to carry something like food that I can offer to someone and, 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 and at least recognize I'm actually interested in thinking of that person. I'm not pushing them to the side. Mm-hmm. Last Thanksgiving, what was it Thanksgiving before? Laura and I had to pick something up from a store. I think our family were in town, and we were scrambling for something. We dashed off to, to grab something. And we saw this couple by the side of the road asking for, for, for something. Uh, and we thought, Oh, you know what? We've got the keys to the church. We'll run up food banks closed this week. There might be some stuff there. We'll grab a box and we'll mm-hmm. take it and we'll, we'll share it with them. So we went and we found a couple of sandwiches loaded it up with a few different things and, and dashed back to find them. And, and, and we stopped by the road and, and Laura went over to them and said, Oh, we, we brought you some food. And they, they were like, we don't want food. And Laura was like, well, there's like sandwiches and stuff in there. Would you want to just see if you want to grab something? They're like, no, 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 we don't. We've always, someone already got us something. We just want money. Uh, and, and like, I think especially for Laura, she would say it was really frustrating. I, it didn't actually mm-hmm. surprise me very much, but, mm-hmm. but it, it felt like yeah. when I, when I hear that, I'm like, did she do what, jesus asks in this passage definitely yeah um does now she have to go to a atm and get out cash because they said we only want cash i don't think that's the implication of what jesus says yeah i think gosh i wish we had more time for this episode but um i think that this kind of question might if i can be so bold reveal a a drive to again oversimplify the issue Mm -hmm. should i give them the money if so how much very like just give me a bullet point list of like do this 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 Mm -hmm. and this and then i'm good if i don't do if i do this this and not this Mm -hmm. then i'm halfway good it's yeah so and that is very very normal yeah. like that drive to to 
to clarify, mm -hmm. make black and white things is super normal. In fact, it's a part of our human nature. Our brains are wired for binary systems. Mm -hmm. Like we want to simplify things down to good, bad, safe, not safe. Yeah. Like our very biology is wired to do this. But the way of Jesus is constantly forcing us to rise above mm -hmm. our animalistic, simplistic, yeah. binary tendencies mm -hmm. and to think about the world in really complicated mm -hmm. ways, yeah. which is why it's so uncomfortable yeah. is because we're like, well, just tell me what to do. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, love. Yeah. Well, that's the most obnoxiously complicated statement ever. Yep. Could, yeah. Just tell, yeah. just tell me. And he's like, well, talk to them, find out what's going on in their lives. But that takes time and Absolutely, energy. Yeah. And, yeah. and then if they say that they're real, and I figure out that they actually do need money, but that, and they might do put, spend that money on alcohol. Then what do I do? Because I know that they actually need this other thing, even though they're asking for this. And then you're like, mm. uh-huh. Yep. It's a complicated ridiculously uh confusing mm. approach and so um the the drive to make it binary is a drive that's a lost cause in the kingdom mm. in uh, most cases yeah anyway mm. we have one more question actually i think we, we mostly dealt with it we don't really have time because i go to class but, but we've got i mean we, we we you're doing something similar next week because you said i copied your sermon so no 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 it, this one's about the the government thing when jesus talked about turning the other cheek it's basically the same question yeah, I challenge I you with your yeah. implications of pacifism is it different for an individual versus a government i've heard someone say that that once um and it seems to make sense i know that this might be my attempt to get a, a an escape clause um but this so, is yes. kind of makes sense at least is it plausible what do you think also, the sermon series on theology of the Lord of the Rings, please. <laughs> That'd be so fun. Oh man, that would sermon be so series fun. on the theology of the yeah the Lord of the there Rings. Is, would be that great. would be a long sermon series. It would be. Yeah, it would be. Uh, it would be very involved. Um, if you are interested in that, there is a great book called The Hobbit: A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and the Great War, which is on. C.S. Lewis and Tolkien's different experiences of World War One and how it infused into their writings. Brilliant book. Wow. So, also a book that includes a letter from Tolkien when my great-great-uncle died in World War One, saying how devastated he was that he passed away, which is just a little note of... Wow, you yeah. are doubling down on this, like, yeah, 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 that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, th th that's a book that's worth reading if you're interested in that subject, because there probably won't be a sermon series on that. It might just be a small group study or something like that. Um, I think, yeah, the final point I would add to that is I, I think that's been a theological argument. I guess the question I would ask is should Christian centric governments, if they exist, and that's a debate in and of itself, should they still be merciful? Um, yeah. Do you have to be ruthless to get to the top of government and yeah. then start extending yeah. mercy afterwards? Yeah. 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 And, and then, and then, and then if you don't, what happens to the individuals that are operating those systems? Can they really live those dual lives? And I wonder if they can. And I think with all of these questions, if you think you've got this completely figured out, you probably don't have it completely figured out. Mm -hmm. um, because yeah, there's, 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 there's always room for shifting 
exactly how you see things. As I mentioned, that commentator who, you know, brilliant guy, has been writing on Matthew for years, in the last five years has got to this point where he's like, yeah, I'm shifting, like massively. Never saw it coming. Yeah. Well, we got through it. Yeah. We got it sounds the like there's a lot of que- still lingering questions for folks about this idea yes. of passivism. And uh, yeah, sit with that. That's Super uh, proud of you guys for wrestling with it. That's yeah. awesome because it's really easy to just push off to the side. Yeah, it's yeah, it's pretty. It, it's a pretty complicated subject matter when uh, there's governments represented in the scriptures, and then we have a savior who dies for his enemies mm-hmm. totally. rather than killing his enemies. Yes. Uh, it's take take that confusion. Um, <laughs> all right. Anyway, we love you all. Love you I guys. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're going to publish this sometime this week, and we are not going to be streaming live on Thursday. So. Bye. See ya. Bye.